0: Tonight, I wanna talk to you about, as I'm continuing this series, talk to you about the ability to measure. ladies, you know what a measuring cup is, and guys, you know what a tape measure is, and if any of you do alterations or make clothes, you know what that tape is, and we, we know what it is to measure. But how do you and I measure ourselves? And a man whom I highly respect said to me, Pastor, sometimes you go real fast, so I'm going to slow it down (laughs) so that I can talk to you tonight. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 8. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he even tells us, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't trust what you think the matters are involved with. In all your ways, not just some of them, Acknowledge him, put him first. He'll make your path straight, and I'll explain that. And don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think ever. You've got it figured out. Fear the Lord and shun evil. That's what fearing the Lord is, to stay away from that which is harmful to us. Because if you do that, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. We all want health. How many want health and nourishment to your body? And there also, the body that God gave us, we have to take care of it. And I'm starting out this sermon with this. We have one body, one mind, and some money. And what am I talking about? You only have one body. Please understand that. You're not going to get another one. You only have one body. You only have one mind. Now, what you let in your mind, you're responsible for. No one can put anything in your mind unless you let them. But be careful what you allow to come into your mind through uh, rap music with the bad words in it and stuff like that, or or watching things through uh, media and through video or even what you're reading or things you're looking at. What gets into your mind, remember, you're responsible for it. And you only have so much money, so what do I mean by that? Once these things are gone, you'll wreak havoc trying to regain them. Once your body says, we can't do this anymore. What are you talking about? Alcoholism. We can't, We can't. you're, you're destroying us. Uh, individuals who have spoken to me and have been on cocaine or been on meth, uh, things like that. I go, you're, you're, you're destroying your teeth. And then they come later and say that, well, now I'm hearing voices and the demons won't leave me alone. Because once you lose control of your mental faculties, like if you black out through drinking so much, you open the portal so demons can actually come in. So when you see yourself doing things that you would be ashamed to do later on, if you were in your right mind, you're gonna be surprised. You're the one that let this happen. So what do I, how do I attach some money to that? Because the money that you have that God has given to you through your employment, that's only a tool. Money is just a tool so that you can do or purchase the things you need to purchase, and you can do the things that you need to do and the things that you'd like to do, like a vacation or something. And so even once that's gone, how are you going to get it back? God gave you your body and it was in great shape when you received it. God gave you your mind and it was in working order when he gave it to you. And now that you've had it for a while, (laughs) what what are you doing with it? Are you destroying it? Okay, like guys, I, I didn't play sports when I was small. I got involved in individual sports like martial arts but not team sports. But a lot of the guys that I talked to, like, what's wrong with your back? <laughs> it's football. I played football. But it wasn't the Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, or got to play tournaments every weekend in softball. Okay, well, whatever. That, that all was fun. But now they got bad knees. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, see, thank you guys for your honesty. And then if you don't take care of your mind, then they try to put you away so that you won't be a harm or hindrance to society. As for the money, it's merely a tool, but if you're wasting this also, here's the question I have for you in this series. With all the drinking, with all the drugs, with all the just foolishly spending your cash and not, you know, tithing to God, paying your bills and all that, what is it that you were trying to accomplish? And why? What is it? So see, I can't answer that You can't. What is it that you were trying to accomplish? Why did you foolishly spend your money? Why did you foolishly harm your body? Are you angry? Why did you not take care of your mind? This is why this scripture says to uh, fear the Lord and to shun evil. Because God gave you the mind, so he's going to bring peace to your mind. And The people that I speak to in counseling in my office, the one thing that they desire is peace. I just want peace. When I had the singles ministry, I said to the singles, I did it for 28 years, I said, what you need is peace. And they said, no, you're wrong, Pastor. They were young. They said, we, we were out to have sex. And I said, well, you'll get there. And then years go by and I see them and they got all kinds of kids and they say to me, you were right, man. I need peace. Like, "What? <laughs> I told you that. Well, How do you get God's peace? How do you get God's health? Why would God give you a body wracked with pain? And then the guilt that comes from what we didn't do or what we should have done. How many are understanding me tonight? So when we look at measure, I want you to measure what you're doing with your body. How how much longer do you want it to last? Are you, uh, you know, I sit all day long, so I have to do certain exercises so that I can stand up straight. I don't want to be like that. I just don't. I want to take care of it. And most men, you know, they got back pain. So there's a lot of suffering. So I can't do anything for you. And I haven't yet seen God restore a mind, unless, of course, the individual repented to him in humility, like we saw in the video, because it says, do not be conformed to this world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the Word of God. Get the Word of God in your mind. God will heal you. I I, I've talked to uh, guys who were incarcerated, and and they're saying, you you know what, bro? And they can't talk right. But let me tell you something, bro. And uh, they go, "I, I I I I can't memorize Scripture, man. You know what I'm saying? And I go, no, I don't know what you're saying. Start reading the Bible. Start memorizing Scripture. God will renew your mind. Pretty soon you're grasping truth. Pretty soon you're talking right. Come on, let's praise Him. And don't wait till you get there. And then it's kind of late. Start taking care of yourself now. Second point. What is the appointed goal? The appointed goal is to trust in the Lord wholeheartedly. And that means one should not rely or lean on his understanding for human insights are never enough. Well, let me tell you what I think. I don't want to know what you think. What does God say? That's the truth. That's reality. Well, you know, I've I've been there. I don't care, bro. What I care about is what does God say? That's what you should care about. Listening to girlfriend or homeboy is not going to get you where God wants you to be. You need to listen to God. You know, he created us. He died on the cross for us. He wrote our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. He gave us his, his word. He's coming back for us. We should be focused on him. You want a good life, and that's what my next series is. What are the formulas for a better life? How many want a better life? All of us. Those of you who didn't raise your hand, maybe you can't because you're tired or weak or something. How many want a better life? You see, that's what we have to. We have to respond when these questions come up because your mind is watching what you're doing. How many want a better life? No, it has to be. I do. Okay. God's ways are incomprehensible. You can't figure him out. The Bible says... He's past finding out. You can't put him in a box. Well, if I speak in tongues for 45 minutes, then he'll do this. That isn't how it works. So you cannot figure God out. All we can do is humble ourselves to him and approach him by the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. And he says if we do that, he will let us trust him. And people will say to you, how do you do that? Your life turned out so good. Well, I trust God. No, 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 really, bro. How do you, what do you do? I trust God. That's what you need. Go ahead. You need to trust him. However, how can you trust someone you don't know? How? If you don't spend time right here, if you don't spend time reading this, I'm not asking you to become a theologian. I'm asking you to just read it and get this into this mind so your mind can think right thoughts. All the wisdom a person may acquire on this earth, which comes by studying. God's wisdom does not come by studying. God's wisdom comes by seeking his face. So all the wisdom a person may acquire can never replace the need for full trust in God's superior ways. This is why he doesn't want us to go to a fortune teller, a palm reader, a brujeria or a witch or someone like that because they're not going to guide us. We are supposed to get closer to God and no one in here, even right now, I am no closer to God than any of you. Well, you're Pastor Mike, it doesn't mean anything. When you get to heaven and you're clinging to the cross, if you look on the other side, I'm gonna be clinging to the same cross as you are, depending on the grace of God. Okay, this side didn't even respond. Will you help me out, please? (laughs) I'm gonna be clinging to the same cross, depending on the same God. My point there was you think certain people have moved up the ladder? We haven't. We all need Jesus Christ daily because God never tells you, He just doesn't tell you. He's never told me, hey, me and you, bro. We're pretty tight. God doesn't do that. I don't know how close I am to him. That's why I just keep seeking him. So what you need is say, God, give me a desire like that. Give me a yearning to seek your face. Give me a desire for your word. Give me a hunger to hear your voice. Let me learn of you because you do. Your life will take on new meaning. Your body will become healthy. Your bones, it said, will be nourished. Who doesn't want that? Give him a hand of praise. So in Proverbs, the teacher, the writer of Proverbs points out not only where we are to rely, but also where we're not to rely. So do not seek a professional's wisdom. There are attorneys and there's financial financial men and women who understand things. Seek God first. First. You know, don't bypass him and go to this person. Even that person was created by God. Yeah, but they know everything. Even that person's mind was given to them by God. Seek God first. Who heard me tonight? Okay. Look at these verses in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. The scripture says, my thoughts, they're not your thoughts. We don't think like God. God tells you, you don't think like me. And neither are your ways my ways. You you don't do the same things I want you to. Your habits are not my habits, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But he doesn't say it's impossible to get his thoughts. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's what he wants from us. Regardless of your profession, regardless of your skill set. You still can go to the Word of God. God. God knows where you get stuck fixing something like an engine, God knows how to fix it. Don't think God isn't a mechanic. God, God's a mechanic. God's a doctor. Come on, church. God knows the finances. God knows everything. But you would be surprised if you would seek him. He doesn't want to talk to me. No, he wants you to talk to him. And Romans chapter 11, so you say, well, that's Old Testament, for those of you that say that. Romans eleven thirty four. 34, who has known the mind of the Lord? Not me. Who has been his counselor? Not me. That's actually in the book of Isaiah. We never gave God wisdom. Well, if, if I was God, this is what I would do. That's pretty dangerous talk. You know, when individuals approach me and say, Pastor Mike, how did why did God do that? Like, well, ask him. Don't ask me. I'm not his attorney. <laughs> ask him and, and let me know what he tells you. Because he's past finding out. You think God has to explain anything to us? Well, how could he have killed all those people? I wouldn't go there. He gave you a mind, and now you think you have enough knowledge to question the creator of the world, of the whole universe, and now he taught you what judgment is and discernment. Now you're gonna judge God. How in the world can you get there? You know, it's dangerous. Get away from me. How can you even talk that way? Well, who does God think he is? See you, bro. (laughs) You don't question God, church. Satan questioned God. And he was kicked out of heaven. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning strikes the earth. That quick, not even a second. He was out. As a person trusts in the Lord and acknowledges him, this is not a nod of recognition, but an intimate knowledge of God. In all your ways, you find that God will make your paths straight. So in other words, you're not groping in darkness, like, what do I do now? Where do I go now? Do I go to the left? Do I go to your right? He will make your path straight. What that means is he will get you to the intended goal of where you're trying to get anyway. So you bypass a lot of obstacles. You can clap. That's a good thing. That's the type of God we serve. This means more than guidance. It means God removes the obstacles, making a smooth path or a smooth way of life or perhaps better, bringing you to where you were supposed to be all along. You don't have to struggle. I've told people... You don't need to struggle. You don't need to whine and complain. Well, why do things go good for him or her and not for me? You don't have to live that way. God has a plan for you. God will get you. He'll take you there. But he doesn't want you to worry about how do I get there? How come I can't have that? If you get him, all those other things come with him. Everything you desire, God says, I'll give to you. Okay, so now the next point. And this is where you and I get concerned because we're not youth, we're not teenagers. We're young adults, we're college age, and then there's those of us who are older, some of us are even grandparents. So here's the next thing I want you to think about that you need to measure. Let's consider the importance of time. What a word. I've asked people this, What will you say to the God who gave you time when you have no more time? What did you do with the time that he gave you? (laughs) I was partying. (laughs) Really? So now it's wrong to party. I didn't say that. But what you should have been doing is spending your time that you're alive now and that you're strong now, seeking him, getting close to him. I mean, really make it your goal. Get, get in the habit of, I man. tonight, I'm, before I go to bed, I will read the Word of God. But don't just peruse it in a matter of seconds. Stop. Think about what he just said. You know, he says this in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That doesn't mean it'll, you'll never speak it. It means it's going to always be on your lips, just like it is right now when I'm quoting it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein both day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written therein, and then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Who doesn't want prosperity? Who doesn't want good success? So people say, Pastor Mike, would you pray that I get out of debt? Just meditate on the word. Well, what does it mean to meditate? I'll tell you quickly. When you are reading the Bible and a verse, wow, that jumps out to you. That, wow. Highlight it, underline it. Put the date there so you remember when that verse really spoke to you. Write it on a piece of paper. Put it on the refrigerator. Put it on the mirror where you're shaving guys or women where you're doing your makeup. So you always see it. Put it on your visor because ladies, every intersection they get to, they put down the visors Put it somewhere where you're going to see it and memorize it. Put it to memory. So first you write it, then you read it, then you say it without reading it. So you may have to read it a number of times till you get it. And you say the reference, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So where do we get this meditation? It's not this. That's not meditation. I don't know what that is. You get it from nature go to a farm and watch a cow a cow after it eats grass all day it'll sit down because a cow has two stomachs and it'll bring up what's called the cud what it's already chewed it'll bring it up again and sit there and just keep chewing it because he's getting all the nutrients he can what are you talking about pastor Mike You take the Word of God, you read it, you're memorizing it, and you keep thinking about it all day long, like this, this book of the law. So all day long, you're thinking, just thinking, what is the book of the law? Where is this book? What does he mean by a book? What law? You're just asking yourself all these questions, and as you do this, God promises that you will make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success. You'll wind up with straight A's in school, and they're wondering, how did you accelerate so rapidly and get this? He made your mind clear. He took out the cobwebs and all those bad memories and all those voices you're complaining that you're hearing all the time. So what have we got so far? Well, I, I, I cut back on the drinking. I cut back on the drugs. I started to save money and tithe instead of spending it looking for you know, pleasure all the time. Um, and then I began to read the word of God and I began to memorize it and now I'm meditating on it. So now as I'm studying the word of God, I'm developing, I'm sorry, this watch is going off. How do you do that, Red? Stop it. <laughs> so, what pastor is trying to get across to you, if you want to have a better life, you're gonna measure by first, what are you doing with your body? What are you doing with your mind? What are you doing with your money? And then we looked at memorizing scripture and now we're looking at how you spend your time. But if you think the church is trying to control you, I'm not. But it is your time. If you can ask those closest to me, I and this is a strong word, I hate to waste time. I hate it. I don't like people who waste my time. And if I'm disinterested with something, I just get up and walk away. I don't want to do this anymore. I've got other things on my mind. Wow, you're strange. I'm not strange. I'm not living to please you. I'm living to please him. And so this is my, I'm responsible. Okay, so the next, oh, wait. What actions will you regret not taking when your time has run out? Now you're going to say, now I should have done it. Well, like when I wound up in the hospital, I had nothing but time. It's because I'm not going to go anywhere for seven days as I'm recuperating. So guess what I'm doing? I'm reading the Word of God. What will you say to God about how you use the time that he gave you? What are you going to say? when he's, What did you do with what I gave you? Because, I mean, he, how many know he already knows? Yeah. Although three of you do anyway. Am I not going too fast, right? Now everyone knows it's you, Pastor. Here's the next one. Do not try to be someone else's God. Be careful of people who seem to be in perpetual need. That means always needy and always seem to turn to you. Hey, Pastor Mike, can I talk to you? Hey, Pastor Mike, can I come by? Hey, Pastor Mike, can I see? Pastor Mike, wait. Be careful of those people. They're always calling your name, and they try to make you feel guilty for not always being there for them. But only God can always be there. We can't. How many know people like that? They they attach themselves to you, and they always want you to take their calls. One couple, I was counseling for marriage challenges, and they called at two in the morning, I need you to get over here right away because we're arguing. I said, well, one of you go in the living room, the other stay in the bedroom and call me tomorrow. (laughs) You know, what's going to happen if I go over there at 2 in the morning? What is supposed to happen? You don't need me. You need God. Well, when people don't want to go to God, they want to come to you. And here you're telling them, you need to read Scripture. Did you hear anything I shared with you? A wise statement Or keep in mind, there's a difference between helping someone and carrying them. Did everybody catch that? Sure, helping others makes you feel good, but your need to be needed is getting in the way of their need to grow. Okay, it was cute at first. The baby is taking those little steps like that. But after a while, he's in high school and you're still holding his hand and walking him. Come on, you get my point. You need need to start walking. You need to start feeding yourself. You need to brush your own teeth and comb your own hair. You're how old and mommy's still combing your hair before you go to your job? Come on. (laughs) Here I go. Step back and let others walk on their own. You are not responsible if they fall down. You didn't create them. He did. He knows that he has to pick them up, not you. (laughs) But who's getting this? No, I want to be needed. That's not the purpose of your creation when God made you. Often people discover God when they're left alone. How many of you, like me, fell in that pit and there was nowhere else to go but up or hit that wall, and then I look up and the only way to go is to God? How many of you had to go through that? Same here. You need to find God on your own. A wise statement to learn is there is a God and he's not you. I had you do that two weeks ago, so turn to somebody and tell them that now. There is a God and he's not you. Some of you people didn't like that. (laughs) I have to inform you in this series, you're not God. God is God. He doesn't need two of us. So you cannot be the savior for everyone in the family or everyone at the job. Direct people to God. And stop trying to be God in their life. Give God a hand of praise. Stop it. Pastor Mike, somebody just walked in. They want to talk to you. They need to pray. They need to get on their knees. So what you must do, do it well. And leave the results to the one you're doing them for. For God. Your responsibility is to perform the task that was assigned to you. So here's the next point. What is the task that's been assigned to you? Why were you created? So why are you doing that? If that's not the purpose God gave you, what was the task God gave you? Each of you, believe it or not, you're important. God made only one of you. He didn't make two of you. Since the beginning of time, there's only one of you. No one has your fingerprint, just you. So when you die, another one of you is not coming around. Can you imagine that? If there's not one snowflake that's like all the others, neither are there two of you. Well, I got a twin, but they're not you. So don't don't debate with me about what about twins and triplets, because then I'll ask you to go take some water or something. (laughs) Why did God breathe the breath of life into your body? Why did he give you a mind. Why did he give it to you? What is it God wants you to do? So if you're wasting your time trying to be him, God's going to leave you alone until you finally realize, what the heck am I doing? You know, there's people in the church who are going through marital discord, and and it's happened. You can spend a year counseling them, and when they finally don't need counseling anymore, they leave and they go to some other church. So what did I do all that for? You only need to do what God told you to do. But don't be trying to carry somebody. Help them. Yes, that's what we're supposed to do. So what is the task that's assigned to you? And here's my question. How do you know this? How do you know that's the task that God gave you? And why are you harming yourself by trying to be and do something that is not your responsibility? Why? Because you're wasting time. It is not as important who will do the work or who will get the credit as long as God gets the glory. So who are you doing this for? For the Lord. Even tonight, Lord, let me say what you want me to say. Not what I think should be said. God is the answer. We are not, we never will be, and we never can be. Your major responsibility is to direct others to the one thing they need the most, and that is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Well, I'll go three more minutes, and then I have to turn it over to uh, what we're going to do next. All right, how do you measure your faithfulness? How do you measure your obedience? How do you measure your loyalty to God? In Romans 12, 3, the Bible says, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. So do not ever measure yourself by how well things are going. Why then did God give you a conscience? Why did God give you the Holy Spirit? Why did God give you his word? According to God's definition of faithfulness, obedience and loyalty Can I ascertain if I even measure up to what is required of me in this short span of time that I have on this earth? What in the world are you doing down here on earth? How much longer are you gonna be alive and when you stand before him, what are you gonna say? I cannot say to myself, well, at least I'm not like that woman or that man because this is being judgmental. I must constantly go to the word of God and align myself with what is required of a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Measuring myself by how much knowledge I have or how much money or possessions I have is not wise. That's arrogance. Where do you think your possessions, your money, and all that came from? From God. So why did he give it to you? You need to have his wisdom with what you're doing with what he gave you. Measuring... Myself, by how much knowledge I have, is not wise. First Corinthians 4, 7, and I'll end with this. Who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive it? And why do you act as though, or boast as though you did not receive it, like you earned it? Use the gift that God has given to you to be a blessing to others and make certain that when anyone compliments you about your ability, you immediately glorify God and give credit to those who went before you and made the way for you to be a success. Lord, as I consider the words from your book of Proverbs where the wisdom lies, the things that I've heard tonight about my time and my body, my mind, my money, my purpose, Give me your wisdom to apply my life in such a way that I recognize how valuable I am to you. When you made me, you loved me, and you wrote your plan for me. Therefore, I ask you, Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, that you would speak to these men and these women and pour forth your truth into their hearts and grant them the peace and the wisdom to grasp that God is talking to them, and they will know how much he loves them, how much he cares for them, how much he wants to bless them. Get them to where you created them to be when you gave them life. Fill them and restore back to them sevenfold everything the devil has robbed of them up to this point. Give it back to them, Lord God. Restore it to them. And let them say, this time, God, I'm going to do it right. God bless you, church. I love you.